ready when y'all are, I guess. All right, ready? Yep. All right, three, two, whatever. What is good, everybody? It's your boy, Francis Carlotta, on episode 38 of the Up and Under podcast. We're recording this on March 20th, 2022, and as of today, many NBA teams have, well, 10 games left on their schedule. So what have we decided to do? We've decided to talk about our 10 things to watch for as the season winds down, and we move into the chaos that will be the NBA playoffs. On the pod today, I'm joined by a very underrated singer, Grant Heckinger. I, I really think you're a decent singer, Grant. I, I hope you think of you think that of yourself, and I want to let you know that I think that of yourself, that you're actually an underrated singer. And a man who just why, had his first Why do you want him to think that about himself? What difference does that well, make in his confidence. life? He starts walking confidence. around being, I'm an underrated singer. Believe it. Maybe, believe. Look, maybe I have my. I know I have my good, my good weeks and my bad weeks. Sometimes my voice ain't feeling it. Sometimes I'm, I'm really like. Sometimes I can get a song that like, my, my tone for that exact song is, is feeling good. And sometimes I sound terrible. So I, I, I think I have appropriate expectations for what I am as a singer at this point. Okay. All right. Understood. I, I just want people to feel good about themselves. And Thank not you. I, I appreciate that. Francis. Look at themselves as lesser than they, they truly are, Connor. Yeah. Um, is that so hard, Connor, to, to, to ask for for yeah, people? Connor. Godly, such a such a depressing. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But Connor, speaking of Connor Bird, he had his first Korean barbecue experience last weekend, and I think he enjoyed it. Right? Yeah, I think that he was great, it, right, Connor. That was really Fantastic. really good. I'm very happy I, to hear I, that. I have on my phone one of my like tabs open is uh, is a Korean barbecue place near me now to because I want to try it again. So lovely, yeah, good sign. Lovely, nice, very very good. Let me know how the Korean barbecue scene is too. Where where you're at? Like, <laughs> are you, I'm curious. Are you thinking that it might not be so good in Florida? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Just maybe a guess. <laughs> LA, might, LA might have a better Korean barbecue scene. Um, <laughs> maybe maybe just a guess. <laughs> I went to an Orioles spring training game yesterday. Actually, I'm just looking at my forearms right now and they are toasty but i don't know if you can see that no i can't you can't really see oh the oh red. wow there you go nice um, first, first sunburn of the Gallows. season say again it's the first sunburn um, of the season uh it's actually the second the day before i went to the beach for a couple of hours <laughs> y'all are so spoiled did, in florida i did a re- and i did a really spotty job putting sunscreen on just like they're just like blocks of red and blocks of white across my back and chest so do you still have the um the uh backpack tan sun damage oh, lines no, no those are those are god those are gone. oh my god yeah i literally was thinking about that grant as as you said it that image is burned literally in my head it is burned in my head. oh god please. yeah that's terrible i haven't well, figured I've, that whole uh correctly <laughs> preparing for the sun thing yet in my life yeah it's hard it's I'm hard hoping, man no one's, no one's blaming 26 me. years in will be enough time that'll yeah. be next year will be the one <laughs> sure. yeah yeah uh before we get into everything grant i do want to ask you this considering we are memphians 
we are Memphis Tiger fans, there was a a certain basketball basketball game, I can't even speak, certain basketball game last night. And I guess before we get into the NBA talk, I just want to ask you, because you're my friend, I haven't talked to you about the game, we didn't talk last night, so I'll, I'll talk to you right now. Any thoughts? How are you feeling? Season's done, but what do you feel about the Tigers, how they performed? I, I just want to talk to you about the game. Yeah, I mean, I think the prominent emotion that most people are ex- expressing right now is like, you know, pride over over at least um, really showing, like kind of proving to the country that we belonged in the tournament and we're better than a nine seed and belonged, you know, in in the same on the same court with a team like Gonzaga. Um, obviously, after we started nine and eight this season, got off to a horrible start. This doesn't really erase any of that. Um, that's still, I still think what we've learned about Penny is he is one of the worst coaches in the country when it comes to offseason preparation. Um <laughs> But he is, but he oh, is too much on recruiting. He is capable of, ter- by the end of the season, putting a really good team onto the floor. Um, as far as the game itself, I mean, Timmy Nimhard and Rasir Bolton, I've got right here. They all combined for sixty-five points on twenty-two of thirty-seven shooting, including nine of seventeen mm. from three. Um, mm. They were just, I mean, Nimhard was hot the whole game, and and Bolton, Timmy, just absolutely could not miss. In the second half, Timmy just I mean, hit some unbelievable mm-hmm. shots. Some shots that were luck. We're just I mean, some lucky shots and just his you know his right right hook over his good. left shoulder was automatic. Um, that was pretty unstoppable. And the Tigers did not fold on that run. Um, someone I listened um, on Friday. I listened to the Tiger Box Basketball Podcast with Mark Giannato and Jason Munns, um, and one of them mentioned that we had not hit six threes in a game since we beat Houston at at Houston. Um, and they said we were going to need to hit six threes in this game in order to win. We hit three in the first half and hit one in the second half, ended up with four threes. We had a lot of shots, yep. threes and, and close shots. We had a lot of shots just kind of roll out, um, hit the back of the rim yep. and just bounce right out. Um, just a lot of shots so that could have fallen. There's a lot of things that could have gone our way just a little bit better, and we would have ended up winning that game. So I, I don't think I, there's no shame in losing that game. Like, it was an incredible game. Everyone, the, the announcers, everyone on Twitter, was going crazy about how good a game that was, how good both teams um, were in that game. Um, so yeah, it was it was exciting for the program. I don't know if it's going to necessarily um, mean that going forward we're we're back, we're we're a national you know powerhouse now. All of a sudden, um, we're going to end up probably losing a lot from this team, and we have zero recruits as of right now. So which the transfer portal is going to have to be huge, but it's definitely a good positive step for the program. I, I agree. Nothing too much to add to that. It was, it was a pretty heart-wrenching game. They they really, really showed who they were in the first half. That was that was such a really good half of basketball for the Tigers. I mean, being up by 10 against the number one overall seed going to halftime, I'm not sure you could have a better half of basketball. <clears throat> and then, like you said, second half, the same shots just didn't fall. And the refs were not let, giving us anything on, to help us out at all. They called basically everything on us whenever there was just an inkling of contact, and then Timmy just made everything. He just made everything. I, I just, I really, I never really watched him play a lot of basketball, frankly, but he's definitely, he's definitely a joy to watch because he's just, he's so good offensively. He's so smooth, he's fluid, especially as a big. His footwork is so, so beautiful. So I, I think I'm impressed. I respect the hell out of Gonzaga as a program. I respect the hell out of Mark Few as a basketball coach. Maybe not off the field. He's still got like the whole DOI thing and nothing really happened to him. But uh, 
as a basketball coach, yeah, I respect the hell out of him. Uh, respect the hell out of, out of out of that program, and yeah, I just hope. I hope moving forward, those people who criticize Penny for X Y Z reasons, I hope they shut the fuck up because that was you guys. What do you pro- mean? Yeah, I, well, I agree I, with that. But <laughs> I I didn't. I've I've always been a Penny person. I understand Grant's trepidations and views on him, but. I, I I just feel that nationally, people who want to talk about him and crit- critique him and all that stuff, I think he's proven that he can coach when it really matters, and I, I just hope it means good things for the future for the program. I mean, I I, so, I defend a penny up and up until this year. I've been like a big t- penny defender, and not like not claiming that he's even really proven he's a good coach, but just claiming it's like early in his career. He's you know already gotten two of the top. Uh, two of the top two top two recruiting classes in his first you know three years of recruiting cycles basically um so like that's very impressive but that being said like he deserved every ounce of criticism that he got this year when when we were bad um it was 100 percent 100 percent his fault he's done a great job turning that around but i don't think like we can be like shut the fuck up to that criticism because it was not unwarranted no one over criticized him he was he completely deserved it um but I mean, this is like I said, this is a good step for the program. A little under under the radar storyline from that game though was um, Tyler Harris and Rasheer Bolton both were on the Iowa State team last year that won two games and then transfer and they are matched up in this in this level of a game between on a one seed and, and a nine seed that was better than a nine seed. So amazing turnaround for them to from that Iowa State team um, to to supply those type type of games for this for this type of uh, this level here. Yeah, and uh, I'll I'll say the cr- criticism was a hundred percent warranted. I definitely understand. I understand that, uh, but that's not, that's not what I mean when I tell people to shut the fuck up. And also, really, I'm not actually telling people to shut the fuck up. But I think patience with Penny is always important. He's still a very young coach, and <clears throat> criticism is fair. It's always fair to critique somebody when when they are making mistakes. But I, I at least appreciate a lot how he has acknowledged his mistakes and he's taken blame. He's taken onus. He's acknowledged that a lot of the things were his fault. He's recognized it and he's moved forward. And I think he's only gotten better as a coach, especially after all those criticisms, after he took accountability, I think he has grown a lot. And I just hope for the program. It means uh, obviously the better he becomes as a coach, the better the program will be. So I I hope this just means. So that's all I, that's all I gotta say about the Tigers at the moment. Um, Grant, anything else? Uh, no, let's move on from that. Cool. All right, NBA, NBA basketball. So, as I said before, we're going to talk about our ten things to watch for as the season winds down. So, I'm just gonna start with. I'll have Connor go first because I, I'm. He hasn't really talked. I'm very interested to hear what his ten things are. Uh, or what, what are some of his things to look out for for the NBA season? So, Connor, go ahead, man. What, what is something we should all be looking out for? All right. So, post-Tigers talk. Back to the NBA. I am back. <laughs> um, all right, let's see which one I want to start off here with. Uh, start off here with something light, you know, get it, it's get the conversation started here a little bit, uh, which is last, uh, last year, of course, LeBron saying that whoever made the playing tournament should be fired. And I just want to see if anyone's going to have the courage to ask him this year what he thinks of the, the play in terms. I haven't seen anyone ask him yet, and I don't know why. It's the elephant in the room question. It's so obvious that it needs to be asked. 
Um, oh. So there's 10 games left here. Someone has to do it. And uh, I just want to see what LeBron says. Like, do, do you guys think that if he gets asked again, he's going to say, uh, oh, yeah, I was immature last year. This is a good idea. Or you think he'll still be like, no, it's not real fair basketball. I think I think first of all I think I I guess people might be waiting until they are definitely like in the play-in game they're like announced like this is the play-in game they like lock in that so that's that's the right moment to ask that question probably um and I think whatever response LeBron has will be like very well thought out as far as his legacy like he's going to come up with he's going to like have like a whiteboard like a a flow chart of like all the angles every every answer could be taken Uh, I think I, I don't know which one he's going to decide on, but I think uh, it's going to be really, really well thought out. Trying to save face yeah. as much as possible. Will it, will he uh, will he work on it with other people, or is it like does he does he have a scriptwriter, or will it just be him? It'll be um, with his with his agent with his whole agency is going to be out on it for sure. Okay. Yeah. 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 Right, well, that's... he's his his image is too carefully curated. Yeah. For sure. I and I feel like they know that. They know what LeBron said before, so they know the question's going to come. So I, I'm sure they practice this answer. Yeah. <laughs> I, I legitimately think they will probably map out every possible response that the world could have to either answer, like how, how like what, what will social media <laughs> yeah, say about right. this, and then what will people social yeah. media will say off of that. Like I, ha- it will yeah. just keep like expanding yeah. out from there. They will like think through this. It's gonna be 100%. like uh, in um, su- it's gonna be like succession of when uh, uh, the. Oh, okay, never mind. I, I I can't really say this without doing a some form of spoiler. Okay, I'm taking I'm taking it back. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> but if you watch Succession, the moment where one of the characters is, at some time is looking at the phone for uh, uh, internet response, but from people. If but like I say, I think more. I guess. Okay. Yeah. Response from people. I'm I'm trying to remember. That's 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 vague. I, I can't I can't yeah, place it right it's now. It's real vague. But uh, okay. spoiler alert! But, uh, <laughs> but uh, you could say you could say like spoiler alert. And no, then, no, no. I just like, that's, people, I, that's right, it. That's over. That's speaking okay. of succession, <laughs> speaking of succession, y'all seen the? Uh, I'm, I'm guessing y'all seen the cousin Greg up Uber Eats, Uber Eats commercials. Yeah. yeah, great stuff. He's got great. He's got great delivery. Yeah. All right. Uh, but that was my first thing. So. <laughs> no, I like it. I like it a lot. I, I wish I could talk more about Secession. I still need yeah. to see the show. I, I talked to Connor about it when I saw him last weekend. And I, I will watch it. I will watch the show. So, yeah, so I understand to. references. I will watch it. I will watch the show. Okay. Uh, I'll, I guess I'll go next. So I, I really am curious to see how far, if they do, but I think they will a little bit, how far the Warriors will fall in the Western Conference standings. With no Steph Curry out, uh, with no Steph Curry, considering he is out. Sorry, I still can't speak this morning. No Steph Curry because he is out. He's out indefinitely based on the reports from Wojnarowski and Ramona Shelburne. I think he's still going to see a second specialist or second or third foot specialist to fully determine the length of the absence. But, I mean, it's not looking good. Um, I'd, I'd, personally, I don't think the Marcus Smart thing was dirty. I think he just made a Marcus Smart play. He dove for the ball. He hustled hard. I, I don't know. I, I don't. I didn't think it was that big of a deal. Uh, I definitely understand why someone might think it was dirty, but to me, I, it didn't bother me too much. But uh, look, I think I heard on the Zach Lowe podcast, in their, his last podcast, Hi Zach again, that the big three of Draymond, Steph, and Clay have only played 11 minutes together the whole year, and if there's a team where you shouldn't worry about their lack of 
playing time together for the regular season, it's probably the Warriors, considering they know each other so well. They have so much game experience under their belt together. So it's probably not a big deal. But also, Clay's not the same player. Steph, if he comes back, his, you know, hopefully he's still healthy, but who knows how he's going to react with his injury. And Draymond, he's not, he's still a great defender. And I guess Draymond's still Draymond, but Clay's not the same player. So we, they're still trying to adapt him into the system and get him back up to speed. So I don't know. I think there is reason for some concern. They're currently three games ahead of the Jazz for uh, for the third seed, but ten games left. It's possible the Warriors go three and seven. It's possible. And it's possible the Jazz could do well to close out, so maybe they fall to the four. Who knows? So I'm just curious to see, see um, if they fall and if they do, how far they fall. So who, here's where they Thoughts play. The they, for the good teams, the Suns, the Grizzlies, the Heat, the Jazz, and, I, I mean, the Hawks are okay. And then bad yeah. teams, uh, Magic, Kings, Spurs, Pelicans. Well, the Pelicans are playing a little bit better. Uh, Lakers and Wizards. So it's I don't think easy. they're going to do Other than Magic, that's... Sorry, I'm just other than Magic, that's not even that tough of a schedule. I mean, the Kings aren't good either, uh, but I mean, the Spurs, Pelicans, Lakers, and Wizards are all like, like not the worst teams in the league. They're not like bottom yeah. feeders, so that's a that's a fairly tough schedule. But I mean, I think I mean they've got three game lead. I imagine they'll they'll keep hold on the third seed. It probably doesn't matter. I'm not sure if they have a preference between the Mavericks and the Nuggets who they want to play. Um, maybe they like the mat, one of those matchups better, but as far as who's better, those, those are pretty even teams where it probably matters to them is, um, if they're going to get the Grizzlies or the Suns in the second round, um, they would, right. they would much rather get the Grizzlies in the second round, obviously. So yeah, for sure. They would want to keep, hold on to that third seat. The, yeah. you know, who has the toughest strength of schedule left? Who? The Lakers. The Lakers. They yeah. play the, oh. the Suns, Warriors, Jazz, Sixers, Maz, and Nuggets twice. And their only easy games is one versus the Thunder, and their second easiest game is versus the Pelicans, which they're probably even worse than the Pelicans. So that um, well, go ahead, Francis. I was just gonna say, um, yeah, the Warriors are probably not going to fall at the three seed, uh, but because because that three game buffer. But I think their their goal should be just to get Steph healthy and just get to the playoffs and have as as healthy a team as possible. Um, they, I'm sure they're all, they're still, they'll, they will still want to win games, but if I'm the Warriors with all the injuries that's happened to the team so far this year, I'm just, let's get to the playoffs. Let's get healthy. And we know how good we are when we are healthy. So let, that should be our number one priority, not even necessarily winning games. Obviously that's a priority, but I think if you're a Warriors fan, if you're, if you're a Warriors person, you should be, let's just get healthy and get to the playoffs. So that's kind of how I feel about Golden State. Golden State has so many guards too, so I actually yeah. think they can weather the storm for at the end of a regular season. Just uh, let Jordan Poole cook a little bit right. more than he gets to normally yeah. to, and Clay can keep shooting, yeah. and Draymond can get back into the grab the ball and push like uh, rhythm. So I, I think they're actually good. Yeah, I think they're gonna be okay. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Grant, what about you? What what to look for? Yeah, um, the so I'll go the first one. This transitions well from Connor's Lakers um, tough strength of schedule here. Um, is this is something I mentioned last episode too? Uh, is the Hornets and the Lakers? Oh, no, sorry, not the Hornets. The um, what team am I thinking of? Oh, the Pelicans. Sorry, the Pelicans and the Lakers. Yes. <laughs> I wrote Hornets down for some reason. That 
screwed me up. Pelicans and the Lakers battle for um, the ninth pick, ninth seed, um, mm-hmm. which would, in the Pelicans' case, also get them a top ten pick if they can move ahead of the Lakers. The Pelicans are obviously they're mm-hmm. half a game back of the Lakers right now. Um, the Lakers have a really tough schedule and are just skit, are skidding, free falling here. And the Pelicans are playing a little better with CJ McCollum, so I think that's a storyline that's not being talked about a lot. Um, I guess people aren't really focused as much on the nine ten race and the draft as they are, you know, the top of the top of the conference. But I think that's a really interesting storyline going forward because I think the Pelicans staff, their their management, and and their coaches will be instilling it in players. I mean, they probably won't be focused on the draft, but they will be um, trying to instill in players like let's get the nine seed and move ahead of the Lakers here. Um, not not only for the draft purposes, but for playing purposes as well. That helps them out. So it's going to be a really interesting yeah. battle there. Yeah, I fully agree. It's it, part of one of my things to look out for was there are only three games ahead of the Spurs for the 11 seed. So basically they're three games away from not being in the plane in general. I'm actually not sure who owns the tiebreaker. My guess is it's, it's San Antonio, but I, I don't know who owns the tiebreaker. Uh, but with that said... Th- three-game gap like we have for the Warriors and the Jazz, Lakers and the Spurs. It's kind of hard to overcome that in 10 games, but it's not impossible, especially considering how hard the Lakers' schedule is and considering how poorly they've been playing. Like, there's a chance. There's a sneaky chance they don't make the play-in tournament. And if that happens, wow. I'm talking NBA Twitter, NBA fans will be all over, all over LeBron. Unfortunately, you know, we're LeBron people, but... Yeah, there, it would it would be endless. Like this would this would not be this would not be a good look. So, yeah, I think it's possible. So it's it's something sneaky to look out for if they even if they make the plan. It's possible they don't. So what do you, what do you think, Arn? Um, yeah, that's something that I keep kind of forgetting about. Um, is not only for the playoff, who gets the home court and the playing game, but also just the uh, draft pick consequences of it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I am curious about it, but I, it's one thing I just keep on forgetting about, too. I guess there's just so many things going on in the NBA, but um, that one's good. For, that one's going to be killer possibly a month yeah. from now. for the, So It's obviously pers- it's personally um, very relevant for me and me and Francis because the Grizzlies will get yeah. a pick if it, does, if it doesn't um, fall inside the top ten. Um, yeah, so it's, it's something I, I'm really interested in um, going forward. But who wants to go next here? Uh, I'll go because I guess as we're talking about the plan, I do have to go into the Eastern Conference side of things. The Nets are still eighth. They're still eighth in the Eastern Conference. They're two and a half games back of the Toronto Raptors for the seventh seed and four games back from the Cavs for the sixth seed. And there's a chance that, a high chance, I think, they're going to be in the playing tournament. And if you told me that at the start of the season that the Brooklyn Nets are going to be in the playing tournament at the end of the once the season's over, I, I I would have laughed at you and and thought, are you okay? Do you need help? Should I call somebody? I would be concerned for you. But they're in the playing tournament and they have a legitimate chance of not getting out of it. They're probably still right. There's they're still the favorite to get out of, of the playing tournament and still get a spot in the playoffs, right? You're still not going to bet against that, but it's the play-in tournament. Anything can happen. Two bad games. If Kyrie doesn't play, like the if if right now it's seven eight, so Brooklyn would play Toronto in Toronto. 
Kyrie can't play that game. Who knows if Ben Simmons is going to play that game? What they could lose, like they could lose that game. But now they'd have to play the winner of the nine ten, which is Atlanta or Charlotte, and that game will be at home. Yeah. That game will be in Brooklyn. So Kyrie's not going to play that either. And again, is Ben Simmons going to play? Who knows? They could lose that too, especially if they play the Hawks. Oh, help the Hornets or the Hawks. The Hawks still have star power in Trey Young, and still a good, a, still a good team, even though they've underperformed. And the Hornets have a good roster as well. The Nets could miss the playoffs, guys. Like they could do it, and it's kind of my—it's mind-boggling that this is a, a legitimate possibility. So here's um, something to think about: if Kyrie does not get if the the um, the law does not get overturned in New York, if the, the mandate doesn't get overturned, and Kyrie is unable to play at home, do you think the Nets should be looking to move into ninth? behind the Hornets so they think they can they can play an away game for that second game. Oh wow. Yeah, it's that's interesting. It could still Whoa. end up being if that happens it could still end up being they play the Raptors and but at least they have a chance to play for Kyrie to play in one of those games. I think you uh no, I think you you say we're going to there'll still be the road team against the Raptors. Oh, but they can't go up there, can he? He can't go to the Raptors. No, so so if, if the Raptors win that first game and they end up playing the Raptors in the second game, uh, or sorry, the Raptors lose that first game. They end up playing the Raptors in the second game. Then they wouldn't get Kyrie for either game because they'd have the home game against the Hawks, and then they'd have the Raptors, um, and they couldn't play Kyrie in Toronto, obviously. But if the Raptors beat the Hornets, which I think is a fair expectation, um, then you get to play the Hornets in Charlotte, and um, Kyrie gets to play. But if they're the eight seed and they're playing the Raptors, and then they're playing they're the home team against the Hornets or the Hawks. Then either way, yeah. either way, you, you don't get Kyrie in either of those games. I, and if I you're and if you're, you're the nine seed, then you still end up you're still going to end up with eight. If you can play Kyrie and win out, then you can still get that eight seed anyways. So it doesn't really it wouldn't really affect your seeding that all that much. Um, and like again with the jumble at the top of the East, like I don't think they really care if they play the Heat or the Sixers or the Bucks. Like, I don't think they're trying to avoid the Heat with all at all costs necessarily. Um, yeah. So I think it might be the smart move for them to try to drop into ninth. Yeah, I but my, there's no way that they're. Uh, I feel like their team is just like isn't thinking. We have Kevin Durant. Even if Kyrie's gone, we have Kevin Durant and the Raptors, Hornets, and Hawks don't. So we don't care. That's fair. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, this might this also might happen organically because they yeah. still have a lot of games that Kyrie's not going to play um, down the stretch here. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, I think I saw. I think I saw that he only has three games left yeah. to play this season. He has three like, games just, left. <laughs> yeah, just because how it's going down with his schedule. So yeah, it, just something to think about. There, there's a legit chance. They're still only playoffs. five and five in their last ten, which I thought they're kind of like had picked it back up, but they're still only five and five. Right. So right, exactly. Maybe, maybe, what Grant's saying now, I've just seen that five and five thing still is, is maybe making a little bit more. Still, Kevin. Durant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's, that's, I, I, I just kind of shocked myself with that, with thinking of that. But that's, that could actually be something. I, if I was the Nets, I would be thinking about that hard. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, well, I'll do one that's gonna be related to this, like, this kind of topic then too, uh, which is: Will there be any teams try like uh, avoiding playoff matchup matchups similar similar to what the Clippers did last year? This was um, this was my, my topic I was gonna bring up too. So Go okay. Ahead. Um, yeah, which, which, so I guess the question will be, which teams do you think will do it? Um, yeah. and 
I guess you could also just do a, a larger if you want to, if it's time for like which uh yeah, which teams will do it, but like which teams are really hoping to play someone and not someone else. If there's like if there's extreme ones like that. So just for a quickly, Eastern Conference matchups right now. If everything stays as is, it's Heat versus Nets, 76ers versus Raptors, Bucks versus Cavs, Celtics versus Bulls, Western Conference, Suns versus Clippers, Grizzlies versus Timberwolves, Warriors versus Nuggets, Jazz versus Mavericks. Of course, things can change, but that's that is what it is as, at the moment. Um, so, what do you think will happen? You know, ten games from now, is are the standings going to remain that way, or are people going to do some stuff? Yeah. So the in the East, especially the two through four, uh, there's. You know the the Sixers and Bucks are tied, and the Celtics are one game back of them. Um, whoever gets the two seed, there's a good chance. There's a chance that you end up playing the Nets. The Nets are probably either going to be this. I mean, they're either going to be the seven or eight seed. So they could end up playing the, the Heat, who's the first seed, and probably will um, keep that. Or um, they could play whoever's in the two seed. So I think that's going to be the big races out of the two seed, and I think especially yeah. <laughs> especially the Bucks will be in absolutely no rush to like be winning a lot of games. They want to remain in that three spot and be playing the Cavs instead of ending up playing getting the two spot and ending up playing the Nets um, in the first round for sure. And then and that's that's a team who is I mean, coming off a championship is very confident. They they can um, wh- whatever seed they have they can come out of it. But there's no reason to try to push up. So there's no reason to push up to the second seed for them um, and try to try to get the Nets. Um, so the that's that's going to be the big one actually. The Bucks were an interesting one to mention because last year they um, they had the chance to miss the Heat in the playoffs if they lost the Heat at the end of the regular season. Uh, but uh, after they got beat by the Heat in the previous playoffs, but they uh, they destroyed the Heat in that final game. And they just said, "Screw it, we want them." That's true. So, yeah, that's true. But this is a uh, th- that was also like a, a, a but that's a hungry. I'm but that's also this that was a hungrier Bucks team. Yeah. Um, this is a, this one that already has a championship and is just kind of like settled in with who they are. Um, very confident. Like they have not been, they have not shown the same type of like regular season dominance that they have in past years this year because they know they can do it in the playoffs at this point. Yeah. Um, so I mean, but the 76ers and Celtics are teams that are still trying to completely coalesce and establish themselves. Like the 76ers probably aren't going to be rearing things in um, when they really need to be revving things up with Joe Embiid and James Harden, making sure those guys are on full cylinders. And the mm-hmm. Celtics obviously are just have been a really hot team, started really poorly, really hot team. They want to keep that going. So I, w- I would imagine the Cel- the 76ers and Celtics probably are not really worried about that matchup, but the Bucks are going to be like, no, nah, we, don't, we don't need the Nets. Like we'll just, we'll take the, the Cavaliers in the first round. That's fine. Yeah. Francis. Yeah. I, I'm just looking at the standings now. I just, I guess Western conference wise, as the Grizzlies are probably locked into the two seat, even though they're only half a game up of Golden State, John Morant did get injured. I don't know the severity. I, I have, I just haven't looked into it because I think it was a knee thing. Grant Connor, do y'all know about the severity I it was of his like injury? Day to day, not like a serious thing, but okay. Yeah, I'm not okay. sure right now. Yeah, I don't know either. Hopefully, y'all are right. That's just day to day thing. So hopefully, he's he'll be okay eventually. Um, it's nothing serious, but. They pretty much have the two seed locked up. With I, I feel confident in that with no Steph Curry for Golden State, I think the Grizzlies who have a pretty pretty solid strength of schedule. That, that's considering that's it's not that bad to close out the year. Uh, I think they'll probably get the two seed, but I'm curious to see who's who would finish seventh because the gap between five and seven is just a game and a half. So, 
and the Timberwolves are nine and one their last ten games. And maybe call me crazy, but I think they're a good team. I, I just think the Timberwolves are a good team. They fight. They play hard on defense. They have a decent bit of an identity. Carl Anthony Towns is playing like Carl Anthony Towns, just a very, very, very good basketball player. Um, D'Angelo Russell's having a decent year. I, I think they're a good team who's sneaky long. Anthony Everett's also a, another guy having a really good year. They have sneaky good length, sneaky athleticism, and decent defensive ability, who are, we already know can score because they have Cat. So Minnesota's actually a decent team. I don't know if I'd want to face them, even if they would finish seventh as, as, as a Grizzlies fan. I think I'd rather face. I think I'd still rather face Dallas with no Kristaps, because uh, I think Oof. Grizzlies would match up decently against that team. But that's still a tough one. Obviously, Denver. That's a tough one too. Like it's hard for me to tell which one I'd rather face. Uh, I don't know. Like it's gonna be. That's gonna be a. It's gonna be a fight. Whoever Memphis yeah. plays in the first yeah. round. I, w- I want yeah. nothing to do with the Mavericks right now. No, the, I understand. Yeah, I, I understand. Yeah, I. Like, I agree, like, the Timberwolves have played themselves out of being, like, the clear choice. Like, we want to play that. Like, identifying that team is, like, that's the weak link. Um, they're, like, a little too good for that. But I don't I don't want Luka in the playoffs. I don't want to play him in the first yeah. round. And then Jokic. And I don't want to play in Denver. I don't want to play Jokic. Um, right. So as good as the Timberwolves have been with, like, no playoff experience that they have, I would still probably take the Timberwolves um, as, my, as my first right. choice. But it's a lot. They've made it a lot closer. And that, like, it's not yeah. an easy team to play. Yeah, fully agree. Fully agree. It's it's tough. Whoever the hell the Grizzlies played first round, that's not going to be a cakewalk. Like, <laughs> it is not going to be a cakewalk. The, it's very. They're going to be facing good teams. The Timberwolves one would be a really fun one just for fans to get to watch all the young, all these young guys get to have like a yeah. playoff moment with each other. Um, yeah, that would just that. be a really fun one for the fans to get to see because some of those guys too just have not had the chance to really. Um, show what they can do in the national stage. Like, if you caught the Grizzlies last year in the playoffs and you saw some of those guys a little bit um but you know still grizzlies are severely under represented on national uh broadcasts and the timberwolves i can't imagine uh anyone outside minnesota has watched more than a couple of games of them <laughs> this year so um that'll just be Minnesota. that'll be a cool showcase series yeah 100 percent. yeah definitely so grant is you is yours then also connor so are we at six uh no i put that under connor so i'm gonna do Okay. I, I'll do. I, I only have one left I can do, but we can just go through. We can go through. Go for it. Go for <laughs> um, it. You, 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 yours would be the sixth one, so yeah. go for it. Um, so mine would be, I guess, the main thing to focus on here would be the health of Chris Paul. Um, Ooh, and I like it. Obviously, he has a big injury history in the playoffs. Um, these Suns are running through things. Even, even without him, they're 8-2 and two in their last 10 right now. They're on a four-game win streak. Um, so they've been really good without him. And the good thing for them is the West field seems to be thinning out a little bit. You know, the Lakers and Clippers don't seem, it seems like, you know, with every passing day, like there's less chance of them being fully healthy. Um, and the Grizzlies haven't been quite as strong. You know, Steph's injury means the Warriors are a little bit up in flux. Um, the Jazz have been, you know, just fine. Um, so like the West field is thinning out a little bit. So it's just with without 100% Chris Paul, my question would be, do we still think that the Suns could you know, run through this field um, in the West and, and make it to the finals pretty easily. Francis? Yeah, I, I mean, I... Hmm. No is my short answer to your question. And I was looking at, and 
apologies if I did misunderstand your question. It, your question is, do, do we think that the, the Suns will still run through the rest even with an unhealthy Chris Paul? Am I, am I hearing you? Yeah, like not, not assuming, assuming he's playing but maybe isn't, sure, isn't quite 100%. Hobbled. Yeah. Right, yeah. I, I mean, my short answer is no, just because I, think, I still think a fully healthy Warriors team might, matches up well against Phoenix. And if they're fully healthy, they're clicking. I think they would beat them in a seven-game series if, the, if the, that is the eventual Western Conference Final. Um, at the same time, I'm not e- not even just to count out the Grizzlies. I think if they get out the first round and they face, uh, they'll probably face Golden State. I think they can beat Golden State in a seven-game series. And if they do, who's to say they can't beat the Suns in a seven-game series? Like, why couldn't they? I, I just don't. Why couldn't they if they just beat the Warriors? So, yeah, I, I think it's more likely that. More likely than not, if Chris Paul is a little hobbled, that they're not just going to run away with the Western Conference. But it's still a little bit of hesitance because they just have a really deep team. Your boy Cam Payne Grant is playing really good basketball. So I, it's, it's Aaron, just Aaron Holiday firm, too. Though. They they brought in Aaron Holiday, stole him from the yeah. from the Wizards, right? Um, so yeah, <laughs> real nice pick so there. It's not. It's not That's like how you a, know he's good. It's not. <laughs> yeah. It's not a firm. Know that the Suns can't run away, but I, I would, I would definitely lean towards no. I mean, Aaron Holiday's actually been unbelievable. I'm looking at his stats right now. He's, sh- he's shooting 47.6% from the field and 54.5% from three, and 96% from the line since he's joined the Lord. Phoenix for 15 games. That's I mean, a pretty look see solid. If someone solid picked him up in fantasy size. basketball. Mm. I don't like to hear that. Although I guess I hope any former Wizard great success in there yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's a real Sophie's choice right there yeah <laughs> um i don't the, the, i think the the terms we're using here like run away with the west makes right. it seem like it could be a little too dominant or an easy run like an easy path through the western conference i think they could still make the finals with the chris paul i mean it's not 100 because um because they did that last year and he wasn't 100 percent. so right um, yeah, I, th- I would still say that they're the favorites to come out of the West. It would, and honestly, it would be such a shame if they didn't. Like, I know, like you guys are Grizzlies fans, and people, like there's a lot of people. All these teams like worked really hard this year. The Nuggets worked hard. The Jazz, their Warriors had a comeback year. Uh, Luca's still trying to make his playoff like run, and uh, there's a lot of teams that like have, you know, really good reasons to think that like no, our team deserves to come out of the West. But it would be such a shame that the Suns are so clearly the best team, and they played so hard all year, and their defense just everyone's on the on a, is in sync, and the offensively like no one's selfish. They all played together really well. It would just be so sad they uh, if they didn't make it out because of that. Um, so yeah. I hope I like even like even though I don't really have a reason to root for the Suns, part of me just is like a basketball of like please like have the regular season mean something wants the Suns to come out of the out of the west so right um, yeah yeah but i i think they're still they're still the favorite if chris paul is playing even if he's not 100 percent. yeah so i guess i guess that would be my question would be would you pick with chris paul not 100 percent? would you pick the Suns or the field to come out of the west uh i mean i always take field when it's one versus everything pretty much but right. um but they're my favorite but yeah field i feel like it's pr- i feel like probably feel but i feel like it's still fairly close which just is a, is a testament to how good the suns have been especially even without yeah. chris paul yeah um this is i was gonna put this one this is not a new topic but it's like we're gonna use yours as kind of an umbrella um 
an umbrella one here talking about Chris Paul and injuries of just in general though now of uh will Ben will we see Ben Simmons, Jamal Murray, Jameis Wiseman play this regular season? Because these are all guys two weeks ago that were I thought was like a thing of like all these guys will be back, they will be contributing before the playoffs start. And now all three of them are iffy to not looking good, like they're probably not gonna play. So uh, pretty quick turnaround on three guys that are on all on contending teams who uh, those teams were hoping to get uh, stuff out of before before the playoffs. So, um, just what like were the, the, the names like you said again? Ben Simmons, Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray apparently had like I thought he was supposed to come back, and then now it's he had not a chance. Good. I mean, uh, Kawhi and Paul also had a chance. That's it's it's seeming I like. Yeah. Okay. I'm, so hearing, I'm like, hearing less about these guys coming back. Yeah, yeah. So just like in general, all these there's a decent amount of people this year that you know we've we've been waiting to see if they come back for, right? And there's only ten games to go, so are they coming back? And uh, right, it's just like a another thing to watch out for. But it's not a new, it's not one of our ten, but it's a thing. Well, that's, on, in addition to Grant's uh, injury notice, you can make that a ten. That's no, no, part no, of um, seven. I mean, that's part of like I, I texted y'all about this question. Like, is this going to end up being one of the worst years ever to be a top, you know, two or three seed? Um, because of all these like lurking giants that we have with the, with the Clippers getting healthy, with the Nuggets getting healthy, um, with the Mavericks and Celtics all of a sudden making like really good runs, being really good teams, um, is like so it's just going to be super deep and just kind of like unexpected. But like now, now that those like you said, those guys have kind of faded, those names have kind of faded from possibility of playing. It's it's not as deep as it was going to be. So like things are kind yeah. of opening up up for the top seeds more. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that for sure. All right, so I think we're at seven or we're six. Still at six. How many have we done? Six. Yep. So, so mine would be seven. Yep. Okay. So for number seven, uh, I kind of want to save. I kind of wanted to save this for our awards talk because I'm. I always look forward to doing the awards with you, and then when we get into all NBA, those are some of my favorite episodes. But uh, I'll talk about one award right now. I guess uh, is most improved. Just straight up, John Rance to lose, and if it is. I mean, if he gets most improved, yay. I'm happy for him. Cool. Memphis will be happy for him. But uh, he, it's just, it feels like he's too good to get most improved. I don't know if that's weird of me to say, if you all disagree or not. But to me, it's just it's like he's too good for that award. It shouldn't. I want someone else to get it than John Morant. Not even to say he's not the most improved player, because he clearly is. He's clearly the most improved player. But I don't really want him to get that award. I, it, it just it feels misplaced. For how good of a season he's had, I don't know. What do y'all think? Are you, are you I don't worried it's almost like a participation trophy for a guy like that? Yeah, right. I, yeah. What, what do y'all think? I disagree with that. I think a lot of people are taking this okay. as, a, as a slight. I don't. I don't understand why it's a slight. Like all of it, it's literally just giving it to the person who improved the most. And you just answer your own question. Like he clearly is the most improved player in the league. Okay. Fair <laughs> and like, yeah, no so fair. yes, he is. And like, he's not a second year player who just had this jump or something. He was already good last year. He was not even close. Like people are like, oh, but he was so good last year. He wasn't even close to this good last year. Like his no, his, his advanced numbers were not the same. His counting stats no. were not the same. He was a solid second yeah. year player. He was not even close to this good. He is the most improved player in the league. It's not a slight. It is a good thing to like. Giannis won this award and then went on to win MVPs. Like it's it's a right. it's a good fucking thing. Like let's not take this okay. take offense at job job people being like, oh, John Morant got better. Like he he doesn't have to start out as good as he is now. He can get better. We want him to keep getting better. That'd be great. Right. Yeah. Great. We want him to Great. Really to just shut you down right there. Yeah. No, I appreciate it. 
No, no, I appreciate it. I don't, I don't mind being wrong. I don't mind. Being it's because I've, I've heard, I've heard Memphis media members be like, "No, he was too good last year. Like he should, he shouldn't be getting this. This is like offensive. This is a slider." Yeah, I disagree like, with that. It's not at all a slight. It is, it is just what it is. It is giving it to the most improved player, and John Morant has moved, um, improved more than anybody in the in like the hardest ways to improve in the league. For sure. So, yeah, I, I disagree with that sentiment. That oh, he was too good last year. I don't, I don't agree with that at all. I'm fully with you, Grant. That. That narrative is just false. It just feels like the award of the most improved player, it just feels weird to give to, to a guy who's that good. I don't know. Like and you want it to me. go to a player like Miles Bridges type. Yeah, or DeJounte Murray. Yeah. Like I I'd love I it just that's It's not like it's a spirit right award or something. It's not a spirit yeah. award. No, I know, like, I know. It is I like know, an actual thing it, that like praises yeah. praises people for actual work. <laughs> didn't but didn't like Ryan Anderson get this award at some point in time? It's like I don't know. I just but, he probably but deserved that we're going, that that going, going down a path that's like uh do I even want to make the all rookie team? Like Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it's MVP, yeah. it's MVP or nothing. Yeah. Like yeah, I don't want. Exactly. I don't want to be That's recognized unless you're telling me I'm the best player in the league. De, uh, yeah, <laughs> Desmond Bain is the seventh best odds right now. For he's, very, he's a very good candidate too. Uh, yeah, because yeah. because Jaws is just gonna win it. Like, there's no one else you can really give it to besides maybe like you said, Miles Bridges or Deshante Murray. Garland's but, actually third. Yeah. So, uh, Garland's Garland fourth. would be a good one. Garland too. Thank yeah. you. I forgot about him. Yeah, yeah. He he deserves some love too. Um, but eh, it's just. That's how I feel. I appreciate the sentiment, Grant. I I definitely appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Connor, Connor, do you have anything to say about that at all? Anything to add? Um. No. I. Okay. No, I don't. All right, you go ahead I, with your next one. Yeah. Cool. All right. Cool. Yeah. So number number eight. Yep. Right. Number eight. All right. Here we go. Let's do. Uh, number eight is going to be. Oh, I have a few here. I'm wondering which ones I I care more about because there's only two left after this. Uh. Okay, this you never... might get to do another one on Connor That's after true. this. So. All, right. <laughs> All right, so I'll do this one first then. Um, will the Celtics defense keep this up? Like I just go ten games left here. Um, sometimes defenses are hard to tell if like how good it is versus if is it a mirage because other teams just aren't hitting shots. Mm-hmm. Um, like the Nets defense was highly rated at the beginning of the year, and it was just because other teams were missing open jumpers, and that was it. And then they came back down to, what, like 27th or something uh, for, like, a stretch. So um, I, don't, I don't think it is. Like, they, they seem very, very good. Everyone, the, the fact that they can switch everyone um, yeah. is, I don't know if anyone else in the league is able to do that. Uh, so it seems like they're playing incredibly, but... When you are when you are relying on like only giving up ninety points a game or whatever, it is a little scary come playoff time. But it's you know hopefully Jason Tatum's offense is is legit. His playmaking is legit now. Um, but yeah, just, well, how much of this Celtics do you think will carry over to the playoffs? And um, like, are, would you what would your fear be if you're a Celtics fan watching this defense? Like, is it just that one one of these guys gets hurt that they're system breaks down because then all of a sudden a bench guy is going to come in and he's not going to be switchable or like i don't know so i wouldn't have a a fear about the defense at all i think like you're right opponents have shot really poorly against three uh, from three against them but i believe i heard on zach lowe's podcast that even if you adjusted for like the three-point shooting being normal they would still be either the best or second best defense in the league so they're they're way ahead in defense right now Um, because because on because of that three point shooting on top of their defense, but their defense is elite no matter what. Like even if the opponent's shooting well, um, the defense is elite. Um, 
and I think it's they've got enough enough depth of those type of players um, that they could sustain an injury. So uh, the defense is something that they're going to be able to rely on. It's going to make them a really tough out in the playoffs. The offense is obviously more of the question. Um, is Jason Tatum going to continue playing like this? Are they going to get a little bit more from Jalen Brown at the end of games? Um, that's and, and is you know are Derek White and Marcus Smart going to be hit enough shots? That's going to be the stuff that's going to really decide how deep they can go. But the defense is something they're going to count on, be able to count on, and is probably going to guide them at least into the second round of the playoffs yeah. this year. So okay, well, how about this then for Francis? How many teams come playoff time? If Celtics defense keeps this up, how many teams in the East? Do you see the Celtics matching up with with and you go okay? I favor the other team. I don't favor the Celtics. Probably just two, and it would be the Sixers or the Bucks, and that just, and that's just a gut reaction. I haven't yeah. done deep dives into that. That's just a gut reaction. Probably just two. Yeah. I, I think, I think I would take the Celtics over the Heat. I'm still not look. They're the number one seed. I just don't. I don't know. I. I don't fully buy the Heat as the best team in the Eastern Conference, and that and then and the team that I would bet money on to come out the East. I just won't. I won't. I won't do it. So they're still very good, of course, but I still think the Bucks have another gear. I, the Sixers, obviously, we know how good they are. I still think they're the two main threats to come out the Eastern Conference. I mean, Brooklyn might get out the playing tournament, but if they get the, somehow the mandate gets lifted, Ben Simmons comes back and looks good. They're obviously still a threat. Uh, but I think for Boston, yeah, the only two that I'd be worried about right now in the current state of the NBA matchup-wise would be the Sixers, Sixers and the Bucks. But even then, defense translates. Defense is that just because is, uh, the size aspect of Embiid and Giannis? Yeah, I, that 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 would be it yeah. because yeah, you would have to rely a lot on on Time Lord Robert yeah. Williams, Al Horford as well, and uh, I <laughs> it's it's like Al Horford, you should just put him in bubble wrap or in one of those. Um, what's it called? Like ice, what those ice chambers, what cryogenic yeah, chambers? Yeah, yeah, cryo chamber. Keep yeah. them in there, and just keep them, keep them fresh. And then when it comes last twenty games of the season, get them out of the cryogenic chamber and just he's let been, them ball. He's <laughs> been crazy. Like a, the game they when they played the Grizzlies and they really kind of punked the Grizzlies in that game. Al Horford was uh, what I watched. I they started blowing the Grizzlies pretty quickly, so I stopped watching. But when I watched the first quarter or whatever al horford was the best player in that game was like unbelievable yeah. defensively yeah, and offensively it was it was weird it was like who who, who is this guy yeah he's turned <laughs> it on he's like found a new spring in his step somehow all of a sudden in the last 10 games so yeah exactly so i um, that, i that's the only concern but i think i think yeah just i think the that's the only two teams you might say i would take them matchup wise over the celtics but Hey, props to Boston yeah. on, on how they've turned this season around. Because I, Cause y- y'all, y'all know me. I was talking mad shit about Boston. I think we all were. We were all like, yeah, this like, team doesn't have it. Yeah, so. yeah. So good for them. Yeah, yeah. They're not breaking. It. We were all talking about them breaking Jalen and Jason up, and that's like yeah. not happening yeah. any anytime soon now. Um, actually, off this, another Celtics question on Jason Tatum. Have y'all ever watched um, Take Line, Jason Concepcion's new um, show? I haven't even heard of it. Mm-mm. Okay, so he, no. he he left the ringer to go to um, another media company or whatever, and he's got he's got um, you know like NBA desktop. He does the exact same thing basically, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, with with this new company, and they no. so they, I thought they we were br- talking about like a Netflix show. Oh no no, um, <laughs> it's a it's a YouTube series. Uh, they break down the, the, the last one they did. They broke down this guy made a video of um, sixteen players better than Jason Tatum, and they like went through the list and were like debating which ones were right. 
everyone on that, you brought up the heat, everyone on that, um, everyone that was in, in that discussion was so dismissive of Jimmy Butler being anywhere close to Jason Tatum. They were like, Jason Tatum's way better than Jimmy Butler. Do, y- do y'all, like, I was taken aback by that because Jimmy Butler's advanced statistics have been unbelievable the past two years, like yeah. crazy. Um, and he's obviously not been as healthy this year, but I mean, are, am I wrong to, to think that there's no way you could be that dismissive of Jimmy Butler versus Jason Tatum? Yeah, I don't think you can be that dismissive of it, but uh, I, I, there's probably also some reason. There's got to be some. How, how long ago did you hear this? Don't talk about this. This they made the video like last week, so yeah. So I think I mean that's also like every everything in the moment feels so big, and Jason yeah. Tatum in the last two months has been in like yeah. a top five guy over like a two month bid, but still Jimmy Butler was like you know uh, he is close to like an MVP Finals MVP uh, not that long ago. And then uh, it still played so well. So, yeah, that that does seem a little too dismissive of Jimmy Butler. Even though Jason Tatum is playing really well right now, the the uh, it seems too uh, the time like the time frame of this seems too narrow for Jason Tatum to completely yeah. wipe out Jimmy Butler. Agreed. And the um, I, all the advanced numbers on Jimmy Butler are better, like on on Basketball Reference, except that but on in Raptor five thirty eight Raptor, Jason Tatum is now at second for the entire year. Has the oh, second really? best for the entire year, like ahead of, uh, I think Jokic is first, and then it's ahead of Giannis, ahead of Embiid, ahead of all those guys. Yeah. It's Jason Tatum. Which on on Raptors, like Jokic is like double the next person, isn't it? Double Jokic is unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> all right. All right. You want to move Dude, on to the I, next I one, mean, or you want you want to comment on well, that? Well, I yeah, I, I would like to comment. I, it's, uh, I think if you for me, I would take Jason Tatum. If I'm drafting players to start a team, I'd have Jason. I'd pick Jason Tatum over Jimmy Butler every day of the week. Uh, I just I like him offensively way better than Jimmy Butler. But Jimmy's defensive impact is amazing. He plays incredibly hard. He's not like he's some slouch on the offensive end, uh, but the way he gets buckets, they're so they're so difficult. His buckets are so hard. But Tatum's are a mix of hard and easy buckets because Tatum is such a fluid offensive player. And I would still rather have that. And Tatum's still a good defender as well. So I'd still, I'd personally rather have Tatum over Butler. And I think y'all, you all agree with that sentiment. But yeah, I, I do agree that you shouldn't just dismiss Jimmy Butler. He's a fantastic basketball player who plays. You would want that type of player, type, that type, who plays that hard, who cares so much about the game. You always want that on your team. And so I, I think there's definitely high value to Jimmy Butler, but I would take Jason Tatum over him to start a team any day of the week, personally. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's a lot, he's a lot younger, too, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like, age age not being a factor. Okay, yeah. Just, oh, it's like the one, just, this, drafting, just right now. Just yeah, one just year. for right yeah. now. Yeah, for one year. Age not being a factor. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I guess that's what I've said about, about, like, Jimmy Butler, too, though, is, like, he can score. Like, he can easily get you 20-something, but... uh he also he just knows he seems to know his limits and he doesn't take he doesn't right. force any bad shots he's not wasting a possession for your team so yeah. that's definitely a um, you know sometimes it's like oh this guy can't uh, you know do this on offense and it's like yeah but he doesn't really try to either and that's all that's like that kind of makes it so it's really not that big of an issue as long as you have other yeah. players who can do it so right um, right yeah. Uh, right. Cool. All right. Well, Francis, he's you shooting one? 19 percent from three this year. That's pretty well. Yeah. No, it's bad. <laughs> how, many, how many shots has he taken though of it? Uh, two, two a game. So actually more than I would think. But um, yeah. But it's not not a ton. Yeah, it's, 
it's pretty it's pretty bad. His his just like pure shooting numbers uh, are yeah. <laughs> uh, but I guess all right. So number nine for for me. Um, let's see if I can. I've actually ran out of okay. My list. I, I have well, I have hold two on, hold kind on, of quick on. ones. If you want? All right, go ahead. Um, okay, yeah, just do your two quick ones because the other ones I was gonna do are more like all NBA award stuff. But that's we can okay. that's for another. Episode. All right, we'll see so it for another episode. All right, so these are two kind of yeah. quick ones. Um, first one here is uh, just scoring outbursts. Some by star players, some by not. Shout out Sadiq Bay for someone like Sadiq yeah. What Bay. the hell, man? So like someone said, uh, like R.I.P. Like Sadiq Bay for scoring sixty-one when no, or fifty-one. Fifty-one. 51 yeah. When no one on earth was watching NBA basketball. No one cared. <laughs> so Nobody poor guy. Gave a damn. But uh yeah. but just in general actually like the scoring outbursts, part one of the question is what does it tell us? And part two of the question is, does anyone care? Like does anyone like I if if you're not at the game or if you're not watching that specific game live um on TV or something because you're local and that's your team. Like, does anyone, like, is anyone, I don't know, this seems like, I don't know, five, ten years ago, someone going off for 50 would have felt like a bigger news story, and uh, it's just happening yeah. so much right now. So, what does it tell us, and do fans care? I think it, I think it's just more so, it's Sadiq Bey, no offense, no offense to him at all, he's actually having a pretty, really good year, uh, but he played, he, A, it's Sadiq Bey, B, he plays for Detroit, Detroit's terrible. So those are two big things kind of against the national NBA media and NBA fans really caring about a 50-point game from him. Um, because if, like, you know, if Devin Booker did that or if LeBron or whoever, insert star name here, it would have been a bigger deal, even if there were the NCAA tournament happening. But even taking that into account that no one watched NBA basketball, that was the only NBA game on because it's college basketball's day, basically, uh, to start of the NCAA tournament. That obviously took a massive effect as to why no one gave a damn about Sadiq Bey putting up 51. Uh, but I do think if a star does it, I still think a lot of people care. Uh, but it just so happened it was the perfect storm for no one to care about a 50-point game. That's that's how I feel about it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think um, people probably just view it more as uh, an anomaly than like than like a, a real sign of what's to come for him or something. Um, but at the same time, I think this probably raises our idea of like of the ceiling of a player he could be. So it is is exciting for like hardcore NBA fans to be like, oh, maybe Sadiq Bay. There's, I mean, we all, we already like Sadiq Bay. Like maybe there's even more to him than we thought there was. Um, right. Can can we get him on our team? Can we get him away from the Pistons and like on our team? So that, that's yeah. where, that's where the excitement comes for <laughs> other NBA fans to me. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay, and yeah, I guess it probably just goes as well to like the NBA depth in today's game it's just yeah. so unbelievable that uh like how many guys if you know if you just got the opportunity if you just you know you started hot for whatever reason and so you decide like okay i'm just gonna keep this green light going all game how many guys in the nba are capable for going off for 50 and yeah. i bet more than Ooh. half of the league is so so Ooh, just good uh question yeah yeah uh, yeah I don't know. But that would be fun to do to kind of go through every player in the NBA and think about could you drop fifty on a given night? Yeah, like yeah. that should be I would love to do that one day. Yeah. It would take a lot of time, but it would be fun to and, do. But and then the other thing I I think I kind of took a little bit from is uh I'm not sure how much uh someone scoring a lot gets me excited. Like oh, the NBA is all about 
like seems to be going in the direction of we want points, points, points. Um, but I just I don't uh, I don't know. It just doesn't excite me that much when I see a player has a lot of points one night. It doesn't really do that well, much for me. That is so on brand to you, though, Connor. Like that doesn't. What you just said doesn't surprise me. Right. One I guess maybe bit. maybe I'm not the best uh, uh, representation of the average <laughs> yeah. viewer. Like <laughs> the best meter to, to measure. Yeah. 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 As someone who knows your basketball thoughts and how you play the game of basketball, how you view the game of basketball, that doesn't surprise me one bit. So <laughs> that doesn't shock me that uh, you just said that. <laughs> I, I, unless you're at the game. If you're at the game, it's kind of fun to be part of the atmosphere. But you know. That's, that's different. Um, all right, all right. My last one here is is uh, is this ten? Is wanna, number ten? Yeah, it's number ten. Number ten. Okay. Number ten. Uh, you want to guess the last time an NBA player? Uh, where did it go? I had it up here. Oh, here we go. Um, an NBA play like no one in the NBA had averaged ten assists per game or more. Who? The last time nobody. Yeah, for qualified people. Oh. 2004. Okay. No, that can't be right. No, I take that guess back. <laughs> um, I do your guess, Grant. Do your other guess. Uh, do your other guess. I feel like it might be like 2018 and you're just messing this here, but... Um, <laughs> uh, okay, 1993. Francis? Oh my gosh. I go 2000. 2000? Okay, great. You should have yeah. stuck with your first guess, the 2003-2004 season. Oh, um, so. wow. I was like, no, wow. but like Jason Kidd and Steve Nash. I was like, Steve Nash before right. before the MVPs, but but there was also Jason yeah. Kidd. Like, I was like, God, it's got to be somebody that had it. No, so it was, it was uh, Jason Kidd. Um, in the 2003 season, so 2003-2004 season, so the 2003 one, the 2002 one, and the 2001. Um, those three years, Jason Kidd led the league, and he averaged 9.2, 8.9, 9.8. That's since 1982 when Magic won his first uh, assist title. Uh, those are the only three years since 1982 that a player has not averaged at least 10 assists per game. And so this is like a weird, quirky one for this year, uh, that there's two people who could... Um, but it's Chris Paul and James Harden. Chris Paul, I don't know if he's going to qualify for the um, for the game limit threshold for this year. And yeah. then uh, James Harden as well. He's at ten point. Game limit? He's at ten point three, and he. But he's at ten point three. But uh, Doc has said that he's going to uh, make sure that James Harden and Joel Embiid are going to be fresh come playoff time. So I wouldn't be surprised if James Harden gets some like five games, six games here, the rest of the way that he's getting 20 minutes and then they're like relaxing him, making his serious hamstring, whatever his injury or maybe not so serious injury is good to go. Right. <laughs> um, so I don't know. It could be a, it could be a fluke year that all of a sudden we get our first one since that, uh, those early 2000, uh, dribble up slowly, make a bad hook shot to the post guy, uh, NBA. Oh, so, God. <laughs> yuck. Yeah, this could um, this yeah. might be like a trend going forward where more teams have multiple playmakers and not relying on one guy to, um, yeah, you know, make all their plays, yeah. get all their assists. Um, it's like the yeah, like the like Suns, that. you know, Devin Booker's picking up like a lot of assists there, um, and it, as, also his ball movement just becomes more prevalent. Um, they could also yeah, that could be a trend. Yeah, so maybe actually a good sign. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I like I think I like both of those things. All right, so those are our, our ten things to look out for as this NBA season winds down and we move into the playoffs. And I think it's time for that everything everyone's favorite segment, right? Bets that because uh, we got our ass beat again. Connor somehow won for like the eight millionth time in a row, so yeah, we no. really need to change that. I've for um, our listeners, so, I've not received any flowers in the mail. So if you uh, if you just have the wrong address, <laughs> let me know. <laughs> You want to put your address on the podcast? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not that I would, but no. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah. But no, it feels uh, – thank you for bringing it up, Francis. It has been the 8,000th time in a row, whatever you – 8,000 or 8 million. Okay. Um, I regret everything. So <laughs> it feels good. And uh, for bets, you guys want to just do college basketball, March Madness. Um, I guess everyone say what your final four was before, and then we'll – and then should we make our bets then, like, for the remaining teams, what do you think the Final Four will be and who will be the champion? I think that will take too long, right? Because we're going to record again before the Final Four happens, I assume. Uh, that's that's going to be soon. I assume. I mean, Final Four is in... Two weeks? Yeah, two weeks. We're probably... I'm just saying. I, yeah. It might just take... might be too far away. Well, if it, turns, if it turns out to be a longer-term bet, I think that's fine. If it takes two episodes to see our results of that one. Okay. I mean, that's fine. I mean, what do you want? Do you want to should, do a Elite Eight? I mean, I still think we should bet games and then, or maybe do Elite Eight, but something shorter. And if we wanted to have a longer term bet, we can do that also. Like, make that one like a grander prize or a punishment. Okay. So, you want to, what if, what if one of our bets is, yeah, we just have that, that is one bet, the final four, whoever gets closest on the final four, the most teams, that's like one bet. And then we yeah, can I bet like we can bet four other four or five other games, whatever you want to do, um, just games individually. Yeah, I like that. Just just so if we record again with like pretty decent time, okay. so we record like next weekend. Okay. That all right, way so we we'll do something. all right. Final four, and then we'll do four games that are being played today that haven't happened yet for the okay. for March Madness. Cool. Okay. Okay. But there will still be repercussions if you lose in the four games as well. <laughs> okay. Um. All right, but first, I think we should share what our original. Uh, brackets were had, so I'll share mine. Uh, and it's not looking great. Um, in a pool of 20 <laughs> people, I'm in 19th place. Uh, yeah. And my final four was Gonzaga. Uh, I don't know if I'm pulling it up right now. Uh, Gonzaga, Kentucky. So that Kentucky one was brutal. Um, yep. I had Iowa, and I have Houston. And Iowa was actually my national championship game, so... Uh, tough first weekend of March Madness here for me. Um, Yikes. That was my that, that was my thing uh, with Gonzaga winning it all. So my new Final Four um, is going to be just looking at who's left here: uh, Gonzaga, uh, UCLA. Um, st- sticking with Houston. And why? And now I will take. Um, uh, give me Auburn now. So that's that's my final four now. Okay. Okay. Um, I I originally had Iowa in my final four. I ended up changing it to Kansas. The reason being, this is a, a bracket note for you listeners at home. The um, defense efficiency. Teams teams who are not balanced. Teams who are you know elite in one on one side of the ball and then end up being like top outside the top fifty or top seventy or whatever it is. Um, I think oh, Iowa is outside the top seventy. Um, do not make it to the Elite Eight very often. So I originally had Iowa. Saw, went, went and looked at their 
their efficiency numbers and saw that and had them losing to Kansas instead. So I can't. I my final four was Kansas, Gonzaga, um, Tennessee, who lost. So I lost that one. And um, who am I forgetting? Give me a second here. Did you have Kentucky? Did you have Baylor? UCLA. Nope. UCLA. That's why I had UCLA. Okay. Um, so I got three of them still in. I had Gonzaga and Kansas in the championship with Gonzaga winning that. Um, so I'm sticking with those. Uh, well, am I going to stick with UCLA for this bet? Maybe I should hedge a little bit and take off UCLA. <laughs> they just beat Sam. Really, they just beat really a really good St. Mary's team. So actually, yeah, I'm going to stick with yeah. UCLA. Um, and I'm sticking with Gonzaga and I'm stick with Kansas. And I guess I just I've, I guess I got to go got to go Arizona here, which kind of sucks to have another one seed in there, but. It could be Villanova, but Arizona is really good. The only reason I didn't pick Arizona originally was because I already had Gonzaga and Kansas and didn't want another one seed. And yeah. Kansas has the right. Kansas has the right. easiest bracket, so I knew if they beat Iowa, they were. I, I feel like they had a, had a clear coast to the, yeah. to the Final Four. Um, so, but I'll go. I'll go Arizona for this one. Um, and then, did you pick the championship game as well? Do you want to pick, the, pick that or no? Just the Final uh, Four. Sure. I I have uh, Gonzaga. Winning it all in the championship game, so okay, yeah, I have Gonzaga over Kansas. Okay, that can be our tiebreaker. I so, guess. Who, who do you have them beating? We, need, we need uh, we'll say Houston. Man, that's Why? rough. All right, I, just, I don't understand. I don't understand. I <laughs> Go Cougars! <laughs> no, absolutely not. Can I just push? Can I okay. give you? Can I give you a reason to push back on that? Also, um, the reason that we're we're saying this. I know Houston's like the metrics are incredible, and like we as Memphis fans, we have huge respect for what Kelvin Sampson has done. That team probably has like the highest floor of any team in the country. Like they they are always really good. All like every game, basically, they're really good. Um, but the reason their metrics are so high is because they destroy bad teams, and they the best team they played all year um, until Illinois will, will, Illinois will end up being the best team. They played all year, but Memphis before that was the best team to play all year. They were one and two against us by far. They lost to Alabama, who was the second yeah, best then they, team. Then they whooped you in the in the championship game. Sure. No. So that, that's the only reason I ended up picking them over Illinois. The only reason the being two. only reason being that they look so good against against us in the conference championship game. That was against my better judgment because they don't really beat good teams right now. Yeah, it's just but, they with their injuries, their ceiling is not is not that high. They are still they they play good teams close and they beat the shit out of bad teams. Yeah, but here's what you're not thinking about. This is March, yeah. and these guys can dance. Okay, that's, that's, a, that's an excellent point. They are right. up. They yeah. are up nine. You didn't think about that, they did you? They're up six against Illinois right now at okay. the half, at half or thirty seconds left in the half. Okay. Um, but I mean, regardless, I, I just yeah, no, not no Houston. Right, so for my in my bracket, I had that we're in the competition we're in. My final four was Texas Tech. Kentucky, whatever, Arizona and Kansas. Um, so I'm I'm still gonna stick with I'm gonna stick with Texas Tech in my final four. Um, I'm still gonna stick with Arizona and Kansas as well. So I guess the team to replace Kentucky. Uh, yeah, UCLA. Yeah. So that's my final four: Texas Tech, UCLA, Arizona, and Kansas. Okay. And I guess at my championship game, I'll go Arizona, Texas Tech, and I'll pick Arizona. Okay. okay. Cool. All right. So for uh, games today, um, 
Let's see which ones are the best ones here. Uh, I will right, start off with uh, Michigan State versus Duke. Um, and I, I'm i going to go Michigan State on this one. Well, you hate Duke, so. <laughs> There's no bias. What do you mean? <laughs> sure. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'll go Duke. I will go Duke as well. All right. Uh, Texas versus Purdue. Who you guys got? Uh, Purdue. Uh, I'm going to go Texas. I, I'm going to go Purdue as no. This one's tough. This is the toughest one I know. today. This is a tough one. Um, Chris Beard is such a good coach. Uh, they still have talent. They're just super inconsistent, but yeah. they still have talent. I don't know what the Texas big guy situation is because Purdue is huge. Do you know what their big guy situation? Texas, Texas is small. No. They're pretty small. They're, they're small. Yeah, they're pretty small. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna I'm going to Purdue then. Lovely. Um, unfortunately. All right, we also got here uh, <laughs> Iowa State versus Wisconsin. Iowa State. Um, Wisconsin is like maybe the weakest rated three seed ever, but Iowa State was a team that was super hot at the beginning of the year, maybe the hottest team in the country when they destroyed Memphis um, and has not looked good the second half of the, the year. I had them losing to LSU, actually, so they surprised me there, but uh, I, I guess I'll go Wisconsin here. Connor? I'm going to go Iowa State. Wisconsin, I just don't believe. I, Colgate should have beat Wisconsin. That was infuriating watching Colgate blow that at the end. Not blow that. Yeah. It's rude to say to an underdog to say they blew it, but uh, <laughs> I, I thought Colgate should have won that one. So I'm going with Iowa State at a vengeance for Colgate. Um, yeah, I'll, just, I'll go Wisconsin. All right. Uh, I'll just go Wisconsin. I have no other reason to go against it, I guess. Um, I'm guessing if we do Ohio State, Villanova, we're all going Villanova. Yep. All right, so. At least I'm going Villanova. Great. I'm would you go big, Villanova? Not... Yeah, probably. All right, so I'm, I'm never going to pick Ohio State. All right, so we're going to do um, uh, Notre Dame versus Texas Tech. I like that one. I... I love Texas Tech as a program. I've loved them since the Jarrett Culver year. I had them in the championship that year. They won in the bracket. Um, but they were another un- unbalanced team, and I'm going to go Notre Dame in this one. All right. Uh, I'm going to go Texas Tech. Just because they're old. Aren't they really old? So I'm going Texas Tech. Wait, Grant, did you pick Texas Tech? No, no I picked Notre Dame. Notre Dame. He picked Dame? All right, then I'll, I, okay, I'm picking Texas Tech too. Okay. Cool. All right. Uh, yeah. There we go. Cool, cool, cool. All right. So those are our bets. Y'all just heard our 10 things to watch for, I think. And they're all very interesting things to look out for as the season winds down. And thank you, yeah, everyone, Everyone's going to be at the edge of their seat watching that assist leaderboard at the end of the <laughs> <laughs> 100%. 100%. But yeah, to all y'all listeners, thank y'all for tuning into the podcast. Don't forget to rate give us five stars subscribe to the podcast leave us a review let us know if there's anything you want us to talk about yeah just hit us up whatever you want to we're always there to there to engage and everything so until next time peace Eyes on summer like Cyclops 
Yeah, we fallin' off the sidewalk Mama, what's your home?